when things don't go your way or things fall through or things don't necessarily fall into place like you think they should, know that they're still going to fall into place in another way. Like, just because it happens differently to what you were hoping doesn't mean that it's bad. Welcome to Breaking the Binary, brought to you by women and gender diverse people in tech. We're your hosts, Arden Jarrett and Sarah Fraser. Today, we're really excited to get to know Ellen Bennett. First off, we'd like to acknowledge the Awabakal and Waramai people who are the traditional custodians of the land where we're recording today, and to all First Nations Australians on whose traditional lands you're listening from. Of course, thank you to our sponsors who make our meetup and podcast possible, including Newey Tech People. Yay! <laughs> the Port of Newcastle. Great people. MGA Thermal. The best clean tech I know. <laughs> and Fraz Tech. Awesome stuff. <laughs> awesome stuff. <laughs> Hi, Ellen. It's so great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Um, I'd like to get to know you a bit more by knowing what you're hyper-focusing on at the moment. Like, if you don't hyper-focus, what are you just really into? I would say I make, I've been making this salad lately. Mm. I've named it the sushi salad. And mm. It's got everything that you could possibly want in a sushi roll, but in a bowl and like nori and sesame mm. seeds and like all the good stuff, tuna. And I just inhale it and it helps me get all of my veggies. That sounds delicious. Yeah. It's really smart rather than having to go through the process of rolling it when you're just going to turn it to bits anyway. Exactly. You know? It's yeah. like pre-mushed. You have <laughs> a bit of everything in every bite. <laughs> so that's my, that's my yeah, hyperfixation exactly. at the moment. <laughs> what are you hyperfixating on, Sarah? I actually recently bought a loom and I'm <gasps> looming a piece of fabric. The loom isn't that. very big and the piece of fabric that I'm making is not going to be very big as a result. I have no idea what I'm going to do with it. Mm. But if I ever get transported back into the 1600s, I'm set. You know, I'll have a job waiting for me being a loom lady. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what they were called. I feel like you just keep going more and more into these crafts and next you'll be like um, spinning the um wool to like make the looming fabric yeah Yeah. well I have looked into like doing your own felting shockingly easy to do your own felting oh that's nice don't let me get into spinning my own wool because I don't (laughs) you're like we just step back each time and then you'll be shearing your own sheep yeah I'm like I'm just interested more in the process than I am really in making anything as well because now I'm like great I know how to loom now I have half a a finished bit of thing I'm like well (laughs) I'm yeah. just going to sit at my house. Just like the learning process. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The actual finished product. <laughs> That's good. That's yes. helpful. <laughs> I am loving pink at the moment. And you can't you have tell. Both definitely noticed <laughs> if you're watching on camera, um, pink, everything. Um, yes. Doesn't translate well to a podcast format, no. but believe us, we've been no. well, <laughs> yeah, There's a lot that, of pink involved. <laughs> that nail kit I bought online, I mentioned it a few podcasts ago. And mm. so, like, I've done my own pink nails. And Ooh. now I can't imagine having them any other colour. And now I just want, yeah, it's very Barbie pink. It's nice. <laughs> yeah. It's timely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll blame the Barbie movie. <laughs> it's coming out. Um, so, Ellen, this isn't your first time on a podcast. You actually host the Digitally Diverse podcast um, for Newy Tech people. Uh, how long have you been doing that? Um, oh, that's a good question, actually. I think it was October 2022 that I fully started. Um, do you want me to tell you a bit what it's about? Or Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so, yeah, it's like 
it kind of came about, I was talking to designers, I'm a design recruiter, um, and I would talk to lots of like juniors and midweights, um, and they were really scared about making the wrong career decision, and they didn't know what to do, and there was a lot of like paralysis by fear, and a bit of imposter syndrome as well. So I, you know, it's my job to talk to design leaders who know their shit, and I'm like, you know what? they've got a lot of value to add. Why don't I like record conversations with these people to help out the newbies? Mm. And yeah, it's kind of just like snowballed from there. It's been really fun. Mm. I love it. Podcasts are such a good opportunity to talk to people that you wouldn't usually talk to. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, I guess record and share that wisdom and conversation. Yeah, definitely. And it's been really good. Like obviously I'm, you know, have phone calls and stuff with people all the time but actually sitting down with someone for like a solid half an hour 45 minutes to actually talk to people properly about their journey has been really really fun and engaging and I've learned heaps as well mm. and I'm just really nosy so I mm. really enjoyed that aspect Perfect person for a podcast host <laughs> half an hour is very optimistic for how long this is gonna go for. <laughs> Great. I'll get comfy then <laughs> So we do uh, have some rapid fire questions. Uh, what are your pronouns? She, her. What's a random fact about yourself? I play the flute. Oh. Uh, something you're proud of? My dress that I made. Yay. <laughs> that you're wearing at the moment. Yes. And it yes. looks yes. amazing. <laughs> Again, not a great piece of content for the podcast yes. listeners, but it's a nice dress. Just take my word for it. It's very nice. <laughs> what do you do on your days off? Uh, well, I sew. I love sewing. Um, I'm currently trying to buy a house. Oh, that usually fun. takes up a lot mm. of my weekend, which is so great. Um and I'm an avid netballer and hiker and yogi, so I like being outside and doing active stuff. Yeah. Nice. Uh so could you give us a bit of your LinkedIn bio, like a bit of an overview? Um, yeah, tell us about you and what you do. Well, um, yeah, as I said before, I work for newbie tech people. So (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we um, recruit across tech and I kind of started my design tech journey back in London. When was it? 2016? I was there. Um, And I did design at uni. I loved it. Um, But in Newcastle, especially back in like when I graduated, which was 2013, there just wasn't really that big of a scene here for design. So I, you know, I'd always wanted to do the gap year, all that jazz. So I went and traveled. I did my gap year and yeah, it was kind of like landed in London and was like, okay, I want to, I know I want to work in design in some capacity, but I also want something that's flexible. um, Where, where can I find a job? really, I'm broke. I need to find a job. (laughs) Um, So I kind of just fell into it that way. Like in in the UK, recruitment is um, a lot bigger of an industry than what it is in Australia. Um, So yeah, it was just really fun. Got to talk to designers who were working at like Google and Facebook, now Meta, and like all these really, really cutting edge um, startups working on this yeah I I just loved being in that scene when Mm. there's so much cool shit going on um and yeah after that I moved to Canada for a little bit went out of design and recruitment um was a bit of a ski bum for a couple of years got caught there during COVID finally (laughs) exactly um finally came home um in 
April of last year and have been back in Newcastle since then and been really enjoying getting back to, um, yeah, the the design and the tech scene in Newcastle mm. has changed so much in the time that I was away. It was actually really, really exciting to come back and actually go to meetups and talk to people who they themselves were actually coming back. And yeah, I've, I've been loving it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. So uh, why Nui Tech people? Um, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> no, no, um, I, I, the people, yeah, it's, it's in the name. It's, it's like, it's such a good crew of people. Like I love everyone that I work with. <laughs> everyone, <laughs> look, look at Sarah turn beat red. Um, <laughs> but it was just like a good vibe. Like, you yeah. know how when you like, you get to a workplace and you're like, okay, I like, I like these mm. guys, like mm. they're just good eggs. So I, um, and I feel like there's not too many people who, um, specifically work in the design recruitment space, especially in Newcastle and the feedback that I've gotten since being here has been really exciting. Everyone's really stoked that there's someone who just focuses on design and advocates for good design and actually, you know, can speak from experience in the industry as well, which is really great. So I'm getting a lot out of being with Nui Tech people and I mm. hope that everyone else is getting a lot of me being here too. <laughs> I can't speak for everyone else, but we are. Okay, yeah. good. <laughs> so there has been a lot of talk about this, like, I don't know, incoming peril almost in the economic downturn or at least some economic uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And I know I've done a lot of looking into the data of this, but what are your thoughts on it? How do you think it's going to affect the design space maybe in like the next 12 months? Yeah, I mean, it's quite a loaded question and (laughs) boy, oh boy, I wish I had a crystal ball because, yeah, I don't know. I can't really say with any certainty. I don't think anyone can. Mm. But what I kind of feel like I was when I was in London and it was like this big pandemic boom and everyone those jobs left right and center and everyone was getting really really great money and it was really exciting now I feel like it's um just kind of snapping back to reality a little bit here and even in Australia there wasn't it wasn't to that extent as what it was overseas so I feel like we're getting less of a snapback um but definitely the international or global design scene I feel like we've seen the worst of it and it's going to settle down now. Um, but for Australia, I feel like it's getting it's getting there. But I feel like a lot of people need to understand that there's so much value that good design and good research can have on a product and a platform and it's it's not tech, it's its own separate entity. Yeah. Um and yeah, I think it's only going to continue to grow. Yeah, mm. teaching designers and people in that space to learn to communicate their value really effectively as well. Yes, that's like such a huge part of the job is that connection and that mm. selling yourself piece, having those soft skills that, you know, they might not tell you at you know, General Assembly or at uni mm. um, how, to, how to sell yourself and your ideas. And some of the best designers that I know are people who can really effectively get that point across. So, Yeah. Get on that. <laughs> yeah, that's really good because that was um that was gonna be one of my next questions. Really, that's um, you know, what makes a great candidate or a great designer? So you're really leaning into the soft skills. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, you can learn 
you can learn so much stuff on YouTube now and mm. go do boot camps and it's um it's one of those and I guess any tech role really if you go to uni for it the majority of the stuff in your first year is kind of irrelevant by the time you graduate mm, yeah. um, because it's just moving so fast. Yeah. There's new things coming out, new things to know, things are changing. So a lot of the time if you just keep up your skills online or on YouTube or and, and then work day-to-day to finesse those soft skills like, you know, collaboration, asking the right questions, um, really getting to the nitty-gritty of what this project that you're working on is about – um, and then being able to communicate that mm. to other people as well. Um, it's all well and good to have, you know, you can do this on Figma and you can do this and this and this and have this beautiful interface. And But then if you can't tell someone how you got there, then how did you do it? Yeah. 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 It's a lot about that, yeah. like, communication and communicating how you're doing things. How do you assess um, whether or not a candidate has these soft skills? Just chat with them. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like... You can see a really great portfolio, but if someone can't talk about their work, mm. it's a bit of a red flag for me. Yeah. So and you're asking those questions like, how did you get this? Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's huge part of the conversations I have. I, I will say hand on heart when I first started to recruit in design back in London, it was half the time I wouldn't even look at a CV. Mm. I would just look at people's portfolio because, you know, if you can put a CV, anyone can put a CV together, but. Anyone can lie on a piece of paper. Exactly. (laughs) But a portfolio is like there and it's got your name on it. And it's like, that's, that's your, that's your work. There's so much, yeah, there's so much bias in a CV as well. Like, does it actually matter where you went to university when it's like, that isn't Mm. relevant to whether or not you can do the job, especially Mm. in this space. Yeah, exactly. Like if you're a problem solver, great. Show me how. <laughs> show me a problem. What have you how? solved for me later? Yeah. Lately, <laughs> show, me, show me on the project that you've how you problem solved. Like, what problems did you solve? Tell me about it. Like, yeah. yeah so I feel like portfolio is definitely so so important. Um, and yeah, just being able to chat through things. Yeah. Amazing. Um, have you noticed the representation, like differences between women and gender diverse people, and say men? in tech when you're in this recruiting space? I love this topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, no. what we're about. <laughs> it's actually something that I talk about on my podcast quite a bit is like just having that representation there is so important. Mm-hmm. Like it really does have a huge impact on the younger um, designers that are coming through. Um, when I first started um, the podcast, I did a bit of a deep dive actually on like what are the ratios between, um, on LinkedIn, they only have the option of looking at male and female. Mm -hmm. Um, so graduating at the moment into design, it's pretty 50, 50, which is great. Actually, Mm -hmm. I think it was like 51% female, 49% male, um, which is great. Love that. But then if you go into more management Mm. roles, it then skews a lot more to males. Um, I think, oh gosh, don't quote me on it, but I think it was like 70% men, 30% women. Um, and it was really, really confronting knowing that like, okay, well, they're obviously getting like smart people into like out of uni and into these jobs. What's happening in the job market that is disenfranchising these 
females into not going for these leadership positions. Or at least not getting it, like the inverted pyramid. Mm. Exactly. As they like to call it, is so common across a lot of women-dominated industries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so devastating. Um, yes. And it is, I guess, child, like having children, having to take career breaks and mm-hmm. then a bunch of those biases that people don't even realise that they have just built into how yeah. well they see women in the workplace as leaders, which mm-hmm. is, yeah. And I think it is changing now. Yep. Like when I do speak with women who are in leadership positions, they, without fail, usually always say, I knew I could do it because I was kind of like pulled up by another female leader. Yeah. I was like, you know, just grabbed me like, you can do it. Like, let's go. Um, And to hear, you know, that, and everyone always remembers them by name. Mm. Like you Mm. can, you can do so much good work by pulling up someone who Mm. may not have seen themselves in a leadership role, but you can have so much impact on that. And hearing, hearing these stories, it, Gives me a bit of hope Mm. (laughs) and it's on the up. Yeah. Yeah. I read about a very similar, like making sure you're pulling people up um, in the Australian Financial Review and it was more centred around any types of leaders, not necessarily women leaders, but making sure that you're pulling women up specifically. But then there was the last point in the article was talking about to (laughs) – allow women to be involved in sports conversations. And it was a really strange way of putting it because it was saying instead of being like, oh, well, they're talking about sports, I'm not interested, and they're saying make sure you include women because at the end of that conversation some, you know, usually fairly important business chat happens once they've had the banter. Mm-hmm. But instead of saying let's have conversations that can include everyone that aren't necessarily about sport, they're saying, oh, just make sure women are there. <laughs> sitting through your sports chat. It was Mm. a really interesting perspective that, you know, the first part of the article really got the assess your own biases and making sure you're pulling up perfectly capable women um, as you go. And then the other part was a bit like, oh, yeah, just like indoctrinate them into the structure and society that we have rather than making something more equitable across the board. Yeah. Small small changes, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's also the interesting, like, pulling them up because there is a lot of chatter about how women are over-mentored mm. but under-sponsored. So people will give you lots of advice and they'll say, here's how you succeed, here's how I did it. But when it actually comes to, like, brass tacks, putting them forward for a promotion yeah. or helping them get to those upper echelons of management yeah. – there's a lack of support there, um, but there's a lot of support in the more, I don't know, mentorship is still really important, mm. but it's not as um, directly impactful to how far a lot of women have to go in the workplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's definitely more hands-on to be like, you can do this and I'm putting you forward for this. Yeah. 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 Like giving them a, a props for a promotion or whatever it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a lot we can do in in advocating for women. But speaking directly about you, what are some of the challenges that you've faced in your career? Um, I guess a lot of the challenges I find are probably from the outside. What people would say would be like (laughs) self-inflicted. I have moved around a lot. I chose something to do in uni that I was very passionate about but also knew going into it that the career prospects were very tight and competitive um but also in saying that I'm I go 
I sound really like a millennial, but I go a lot by vibes. Um, <laughs> so I'm quite picky where I go and I want it to be um, like something that's like a really values led as well. Like I'm incredibly focused on, you know, what can I be doing? Like what work can I be doing to benefit people? Um, which in recruitment sometimes doesn't line up. So mm. um, I would I think when I first went to London, I was like, okay, I'm like this 20 something year old in the big city. Like I'm going to make my life here and like so much optimism and then got pulled down to reality quite quickly. And then I was broke (laughs) and um, couldn't afford new shoes to go for interviews. And Mm. like, it's, it's all like very glamorous when you think about it, but at the same time it was not. And Mm. I think just kind of like being able to pull you, pull myself up by the bootstraps and be like, hey, no, you made the decision to come here. You've got to deal with the consequences. Yeah. I think was a challenge at the time. There was multiple times where I'm like, what the heck have I done? I want to go home, but Mm. I can't because I can't afford a flight. (laughs) 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 So I just stuck it out. And like, you just got to, I think my, my challenges were that, you know, I just had to form a lot of resilience and, that now looking back over the last, you know, 10 years or so, I've spent most of my 20s outside of Australia. I've come back. That has presented its own challenges. Um, so, yeah, I feel like it's definitely something that I wouldn't change, but I've definitely learned a lot from it. What are some of your resilience tips for someone looking to develop that skill set? I would say patience. It's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's something that I really struggled with when I first moved overseas. I thought everything's going to fall into place immediately and I'm not going <laughs> to struggle at all. No. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, so yeah, I just think patience, take a big breath. And when things don't go your way or things fall through or things don't necessarily fall into place like you think they should, know that they're still going to fall into place in another way. Like just because it happens differently to what you were hoping doesn't mean that it's bad. And also if something happens within um, like a social setting or a like in at work, know that 99% of the time it's nothing personal. Yeah. Just be like, okay, that's got nothing to – what other people's opinions of me are none of my business. Just yeah, got to let it go. It's mostly about them, yeah. 99% of the time. Mm. <laughs> and a bunch of other factors that you don't yeah. even know about. Mm. So, yeah, that would be my main two. I saw something recently was basically saying, uh, I don't want to be liked by everyone because I don't like everyone. So if I didn't <laughs> like them, why would I want them to like me? Mm. Exactly. But it is really <laughs> hard to like move away from that and actually yeah. be like, you know what, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. because I just need to, you know, there's a certain number of people in my life who it is important what they think about me, but I guess everyone else doesn't really matter. Yeah. Like what's yeah. the, I think it's like a, oh gosh, it's like a Japanese um, way of thinking. I read about it years ago and it's always stuck with me is you are like the center of your universe and then like your immediate family and loved ones are like your first circle and then your friends are your second. And then you like, you should really just focus on your inner circle yeah. and you can try and make sure that you're caring about those people on your third or fourth circle. But at the end of the day, 
there's other things that matter more than that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I'm a crippling people pleaser, so I don't I <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> like I understand that it's a concept. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, you have to like me. This is this. <laughs> tell me I'm good. <laughs> uh, Ellen, I really liked your point about patience too, mm. because I think uh, the key to resilience perhaps is just not giving up. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just knowing that things will work out with time and consistency. Um, and it's not like you're, just they're doing nothing. It's that you're showing up and you're putting effort in and then eventually it will work. Yeah. And I used to get so frustrated when people would tell me that. Yeah. Like, Shut up. You don't know anything. <laughs> you're just saying that because you feel sad for me. Like, yeah. yeah. I just would never believe people when they would say, mm. like, just trust the process. They're like, enjoy the learning experience. Oh, I hated that one. <laughs> it oh, does, yeah, that. the learning experience yeah. one really. I hate <laughs> Great. it. Great. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. We're getting older now and we kind of get it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it turns out they were right. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so what's your favourite part about um, your career at the moment? Like what do you get out of bed in the morning? You're like, oh, I can't wait to do this thing. <laughs> I would say the connection piece I feel like is really important to me like I'm 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 a self-confessed extroverted introvert my social battery runs out really really quickly but Mm -hmm. I do get charged up by really um like tangible valuable conversations like stuff like this yeah yeah I love because we're like talking about real real stuff like Mm. that gets me excited and talking to people who are also really passionate about the things that I'm passionate about, yeah, um, it. yeah it, it's that that charges me up. Um, if I used to work in retail, and the same conversation day mm. in day out, multiple times a day, How's it the was weather? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would it would just drain my battery yeah. so quickly. Where I one thing that I like about my job now is I get to talk about you know people in design and design and what they're working on and the products that they're working on and. Um, you know, what they're doing to impact users and like just everything around that I just find really interesting. So mm, soaking up other people's passion. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah. Amazing. We are almost halfway through the year as well. And this is what you love on a day-to-day basis, but is there anything really big coming up for the second half of the year that's like, yes, as a feeling? That's a word, but could also be a feeling. <laughs> Honestly, not really. <laughs> I'm off. Sorry, you might have to cut this question. <laughs> I'm just asking questions. Arden looks at me like, what the shit? <laughs> I think it's me being like, I love the vibes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't put no. out those vibes, but I wish I did. <laughs> There's honestly like not one big um, event or catalyst or anything that I, I, I'm just really enjoying getting to be more community minded. Like I feel yeah. like the best thing about Newcastle is the community and like this everyone knows or knows a friend of someone. Mm. So just getting more in touch with that again is really, really fun. Um, but yeah, not, not really. I just want to be more consistent. I like to think mm. of Newcastle as... Um, a mushroom. Fun fact about mushrooms, if the listeners don't <laughs> <laughs> um, Is that, you know, the little bits that you see up at the top 
they're just the like reproductive bits more or less. There's a fibrous network under the soil and those little mushrooms that you see everywhere could be all part of the same effective organism. And Newcastle's kind of like that, you know. You see there's one person over here, there's another person over there. They seem totally uncorrected. Wrong. They're the same mushroom fibrous network mm. underneath. Well, you know what I learned today? <laughs> is it is about it, mushrooms? Yeah, well, it's about connections in Newcastle. <laughs> oh, um, the CFO at MGA Thermal, her son had music lessons from the same music teacher that I first learned violin from when I was really little. Now, how do you so even that figure that out? Classic Newcastle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just one of those really random things. And then she mentions a name and I'm like, that person? <laughs> Funnily enough. Yeah. <laughs> See, the mushroom analogy carries. It does. <laughs> you should pepper the podcast with, here's a quick break for mushroom facts. Yeah, <laughs> like don't quote me on this, but they did a study of like they took some, some genetic <laughs> samples of a mushroom and then another mushroom that was like over a couple of kilometres away and it was the same fibrous network of mushroom. Wow. Yeah. It's crazy. Everyone do some mushroom research when you get home. <laughs> I'll just do some mushrooms. <laughs> I assume we can all be connected. <laughs> um, why do you love Newcastle? Assuming you love Newcastle because you're back here, right? How do you oh. feel about mushrooms? The uh, Newcastle mushroom. Um, I, I, I feel like I have a similar story to all of us that grew up in Newcastle. I wanted to leave as mm-hmm. soon as I could. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up when it had a really crummy reputation and it was oh, like the only thing to do was to go to Charlestown Square on a Thursday night. <laughs> <laughs> like, just like we really, still love it. I still love it. Um, but just it was like it was a, it had that small town vibe. Mm. And so when I left, I I, I loved being part of a big city and but the more time that went on the more I realized that I actually missed the community aspect mm. of what Newcastle has to offer um I I missed being able to well actually I didn't really but like kind of being able to go down to Woolworths and see someone that you knew I used to hate that growing as a kid because my parents knew everyone we just stop and chat yes and but now I'm like Oh, I wonder if I'm going to see it. When you go shops. to your parents' local Woolworths and then you bump into like all your old school teachers and you're like, how did this happen? Yeah, <laughs> I know. But like it, it's those things that used to make me cringe as a kid, I'm like, oh, I actually kind of miss that. Like mm-hmm. it's kind of nice. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Sarah's still not there. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably your, your idea overnight. Yeah, a couple more years and I'll be there. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's, it's something where like if, you're, if you've ever lived in a bigger city, mm. having that anonymity is really exciting initially, but then it can be quite lonely and isolating. Mm. So, um, yeah, coming back to this vibe where you can just, you know, walk down the street and see someone you know and have a chat. That's really nice. And, you know, I just I just miss the beach, mm. really. Like, ah, we finally got one guest one on the podcast who likes the beach. It's the first time for everything. Yeah. Do you like the sand? No, actually, I don't oh, like, no, like the sand. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, so we like should it. specify you like the ocean? Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, Me too. Yeah, but big water beach. baby. Yeah. yeah, the tactile. <laughs> no, I don't like the ocean either because it's too salty, which I yeah. guess, you know. You can't really get around that, can you? Yeah, and then it dries in your eyebrows and I'm just not interested in that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I get that. Valuable podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> God. 
Well, it was actually kind of funny that like when we were, when I was away, I would show people photos of mm. the beach and mm. go up to Shoal Bay quite a lot. And I would show people photos of Shoal Bay and they were like, you lived there? Mm. Like, you lived there? I'm like, yeah. And it's sunny like the majority of the time. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, it, it, seeing other people's reactions who weren't used to this is like, they're like, why did you, why did you come here? Mm. Why did you come to London where mm. it was like bucketing down rain and sleet and it has like five hours of sun, of sunlight in the winter? Yeah. And I'm like, mm, yeah, right now you're making me question that too. <laughs> I do love in the UK, like the scarcity mindset when it comes to the sun. Like if it's a sunny day, everyone's like, we have to get outside. We have to have a picnic, like mm. start sun making. And mm. like, it's just another day in Australia. Yeah. So we just, we just take it for granted. Yeah. 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 I actively avoid the sun, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I should move to the UK. I don't know. <laughs> what advice would you give your younger self? So maybe like before you moved away. Mm-hmm. I also like to ask this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've never thought of asking myself. Um, I, I would just say to myself, just give thing give everything or every new venture or every opportunity give it a bit of breathing room mm-hmm. don't feel like you have to jump into everything straight away I'm very typical Sagittarian I like to jump into <laughs> everything quite quickly um and without really thinking of it it's I go with my gut maybe a little bit too much mm. where I need to like let my brain process things a little yep. bit more before I make decisions so I would say just mull things over and it's okay to say no to things. I feel mm. like there's so much pressure for young people especially yep. to be like, say yes to everything and take everything by the horns and do all the things. But I would just burn myself out yeah, because I would try and cram so much into my day-to-day life yeah. that I would – and I'd be like, I'll, I'll regret saying no, I'll regret saying no. And now I'm like, does it actually serve what you're trying to do or what what are your goals and figure that out first and then – backtrack mm. and actually use your brain <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> the not burning yourself out and not having meltdowns when you overcommit is a good one yeah. sounds nice um, <laughs> especially when you're like if you are away from your support network as yeah. well you yeah. don't have anyone to keep you in check yeah and you don't have anyone day to day to offer you advice like you, it's not as if you come home to mum and be like oh yeah like you know I, I have the opportunity to go to this city for a week or two to do this project or something and you don't really have anyone to be like oh but have you thought about this have you thought about this or heck yes do it you're kind of like oh should I should I not sure like Mm. and sometimes that can be a bit detrimental so Mm. yeah so what advice would you give then if there were any anyone listening who's thinking wow a design recruiter sounds amazing I really want to do that. You can't have a job in Newcastle. The one spot is filled. <laughs> this is my turf. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I, I think more the merrier, honestly. Yeah. Mm. Like the more people that are talking about design and the good stuff that's happening within in the industry, I think is, well, yeah, more the merrier. Um, I'd say it's not as, um, it's definitely a lot more tech focused here in Australia. Um, which has its pros and cons, which is great. Mm. Um, I've definitely learned a lot more about the tech side of things. Um, when I was in the UK, it definitely leaned more onto like the art side of things. Um, but 
I'm really enjoying the learning process as well. So if someone's that way minded, then heck yeah, come on board. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of tech stuff should say if I'm like, I want to get into design and I don't know anything about design, what Mm -hmm. kinds of things should I be looking at? Is it particular languages? Is it like a particular software? Um, not really languages. I would say English? more software, <laughs> ideally. If you're in Australia, English, <laughs> ideally. Um, I would say just, just, no go. <laughs> just, just talk through your designs. <laughs> My art speaks for yeah. me. Yes, it's interpretive dance. Yeah. <laughs> I think go, first, first stop should be YouTube Yeah, and just like look at what is around. Look at there's so many content creators out there that are doing some really cool stuff like free tutorials. Um, and just showcasing like their portfolios and doing what they do, find something that really speaks to you and what you want to create. Um, and then go down the rabbit hole and prepare to be overwhelmed because there is so much stuff out there. Um, there's so many education, um, place, like you can go to uni, obviously. Um, that's a pretty big undertaking both financially and time-wise three to four years, I don't know what many, it many costs thousands now. of dollars. It continues to go up. Yeah. <laughs> Registered heaps. <Yes. laughs> um, but in saying that, if you are someone's whose learning style is to like listen and see and soak up knowledge that way, I feel like uni would be a really, really great way to go about it because it's a lot more theoretical. It's a lot more um, you get to hear about design history, which I loved when I was at uni. Um However, practical skills, if you just want to get in there and get cracking straight away, mm-hmm. there's so many boot camps that you can do now too, um, like General Assembly and Academy XI, um, and they offer part-time as well. They also help you with portfolios and like how to talk to hiring managers and go through interviews um, or honestly, just get started and look on YouTube. There's so many free things too. Mm-hmm. So it's as long as you've got the drive to like – get the first initial couple of months in um, off your own bat, I feel like you could get the ball rolling pretty quickly. Yeah, and you can start with smaller projects as well. I know that Mm -hmm. I'm certainly working against an all or nothing mentality. Like if I can't do all of the thing right now, I'm not Mm -hmm. doing any of the thing. But there is a lot of power in just doing smaller projects or little bits as it comes to you Mm -hmm. and then making your way downtown. Mm. Yeah. yeah with a portfolio swinging in hand yeah. Like, yeah. I was gonna say it follows what um Sarah said in your episode Sarah if oh. you haven't listened you should listen to Sarah's episode. good memory um <laughs> which is really just like find a thread of interest and follow that thread mm. so yeah if you find something that you're interested in and if you're interested like just find a little project or a little thing that you can start on mm. and just follow that through yeah there's plenty of really amazing careers that have started from you know, oh, I really love making menus. So a designer that I know, she like first started her career in just like she went to all the different like little mum and pop cafes in mm. her like little town and asked like, oh, I noticed that, you know, your menu hasn't changed in five years. Can I do it up for free? 
That's ah, so cute. That's and awesome. Yeah. She was able to put that on her portfolio yeah. and that then progressed into websites and you can just, yeah, you've just got to start putting mm. the thread. Yeah. I love there's a guy online who goes around, I think it's New York and like upgrades signs. And one of oh. the last one I saw was like, um, pick up your dog poop. <laughs> and he like does all this like illustration and like. Yeah. The yeah. poster's sign. Yeah. I've yeah, seen that. It's <laughs> cool. <Did you? laughs> it's so easy to spread joy yeah. that way, right? Like you yeah. are doing service to your community. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So cute. I love or that. Photoshop your friends as bees. That's been my number one use case for Photoshop. Technically count, like you're developing your Photoshop skills. Wait, Photoshop your friends as bees. As bees, honeybees. Okay. Photoshop their Why face. Why aren't I a honeybee? Yeah. <laughs> you can't just drop that into conversation <laughs> without like giving us some proof about this. I will <laughs> offer no for We got your no. friends. <laughs> I, 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 I want to be a bee. Admittedly went through a phase like a couple of years ago where I did a lot of real and questionable photoshops mostly. It's like, yeah. like peas in a pod or bees or whatever else. Well, like there's, um, there's Photoshop AI now. Mm. So just I'm going to a photo of you and a photo of a bee and AI it together. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> Anyways, the point is, you know, sometimes you can learn and it's not for the greater good. Arguably, <laughs> it's the opposite of that. Uh, but that's okay. Um, You're still learning. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was so amazing to chat to you today, Ellen. Um, and if you listening enjoyed this episode, please leave us a good review and recommend it to your friends. Share it online. All of those lovely things to support us. If you know any mushroom facts, drop them in the comments absolutely you know linkedin yeah. it really Instagram. shows you listen to the episode yeah. if you drop us a mushroom fact linkedin message me a message mu- uh, a mushroom fact i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> i'll probably already know it but i'll pretend to be surprised uh, <laughs> so the description will have links to our meetup group linkedin page and instagram um, give us a follow to support our community and stay up to date and as is now custom, I'm leaving the final words of wisdom to you, Sarah. Oh, great. I love that we do this. Um, bye. <laughs>